As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to episode 46, brought to you by Phonics Museum by Veritas Press. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely, the podcast for real moms who are seeking Jesus, trying to live their roles well, and seeking to add a little bit more loveliness to their lives, even in just the little moments. I'm your host, Mackenzie Monroe from BoldTurquoise.com and CultivatingTheLovely.com. And today I've got my co-host Erin Odom here with me from The Humbled Homemaker. And we are going to jump in with Erin in just a minute. But before we get to that, I wanted to mention some big news. You guys have been hearing me talk about this across social media and some mentions in the podcast. But it's official. It's really live. Cultivating the Lovely has launched a Patreon account. I am so excited about this, you guys, and so far we've had a great turnout. We actually launched secretly, quietly on December 31st, and then we got it going full steam yesterday on January 1st, 2018, and I'm so excited to be doing this because you guys were offering so much more content and so many more opportunities to cultivating the lovely followers than we ever have before. We're offering opportunities for true community and fellowship through our challenges that are all focused around self-care and homemaking and we've got fun printables and mini podcast episodes and videos and all kinds of things that are going to be coming out exclusively to our CTL patrons. Now you can go to patreon.com forward slash cultivating the lovely. We also have those links in the show notes of course but you can just head right over there and pick what level you want to support at and really anything that you're able to do means so much to us and we're able to really give you more content. We want it to be valuable to your lives. We don't want you to just be throwing money at this. And I'm super excited about this because I feel like this is an opportunity. If you've always kind of been frustrated with getting your resolutions going or keeping them going throughout the year, we've got 2018 planned out for you. We've got a calendar in there of all the different ideas and focuses and themes we're going to be working on all year long. And it's going to help you really stay on track and have that accountability plus the community and the encouragement to really take your home making to the next level and your self-care. So head on over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely to join us. All right, without further ado, let's get this episode all about crunchy living that's grace-filled with Erin Odom off to a start. It's Erin's first official whole co-hosted episode. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! 
Yay! I'm so excited to have you on. Me too. I am so excited to be here, Mackenzie. I think we're going to have a lot of fun together. Me too. And this is a really fun topic. If anybody wants to go back and hear like why Aaron decided to become a co-host on the show or any of that fun stuff, we talked about it in the Christmas episode that came out just right before Christmas. You can go find that. I think it was episode like 46 or 47. No, 45. That's what I think it is. <laughs> 45. Um, but today we are going to talk about crunchy stuff, which we have been talking about doing for a long time. So I mm-hmm. think it's going to be really fun. I actually have a lot of crunchiness happening with my co-hosts, but I think we've done a lot of things very similarly to each other. So this is going to be a really fun episode. <laughs> it will be for sure. Yes. I'm laughing at some things that could possibly come up during yeah. this episode, Mackenzie. <laughs> well, we've, we've had a few revealing crunchy things in our past on Periscope. We, so. we have. That is exactly what I'm thinking about. I don't even know. We're going to have to try to go back and pull up the archives on Periscope and see if like that is out there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, to put it in the show notes. Yeah, it would be so much fun. If you guys are wondering what we're talking about, probably like two years ago now, Erin Mm -hmm. and I and Stacey from Humorous Homemaking, we did like three back-to-back episodes on Periscope about Mama Cloth. So, and they kind of like, I think I was last, and they got like progressively more revealing (laughs) through the night. (laughs) I remember talking to you and Stacey afterward, and you guys were like, Whoa, I can't believe you just said what you said. (laughs) At that point, it was was just like, oh, well. (laughs) We kind of bore all on Periscope. Yes, we truly did. I remember talking with our mutual friend, Crystal, and she was like, oh, my gosh, Jesse and I were laughing so hard. I was like, you let your husband watch that? Oh, my gosh. What were you thinking? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I had people more. like at my church that ah! I didn't even know followed my blog or Periscope or anything. Uh, yeah, I had people texting me saying, "Yeah, so and so from church just texted me and told me to check out this Periscope thing you're doing." Oh, that's so yeah, hilarious. That yeah, so, so now it's going to be the podcast episode. Yes, now we get to be all revealing on the podcast. So, <laughs> how did you end up starting all these crazy crunchy ways, Erin? Well, you know, I think my story is super similar to a lot of my other crunchy friends. Um, and for those that may be saying, okay, what does crunchy mean? Yeah. Because I, I still have people to this day, and I'm like, this is 2018, you know, like they yeah. will say, what does crunchy mean? So basically it just means that you are trying to live a more natural, holistic, non-toxic lifestyle. Is that yeah. what you would say, McKinsey? Yeah. Like kind of the same. So when I was pregnant with my oldest, who is um, nine and a half, I, all of a sudden it hit me. Uh, everything I eat, everything I put on my body, whatever I am exposing myself to, I'm exposing my baby to. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't grow up in a crunchy family. You know, we ate conventional food and we used, you know, conventional skincare products and all that. It was just like a light bulb went off that I need to protect this child who was inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing a little bit of my own research. This was 2008. But at the same time, I really feel like God put a couple 
couple of friends in my life, yeah. uh, really three different friends who kind of introduced me to the crunchy world. But they, they introduced me to different aspects of the crunchy world. And so um, two of my friends, they um, had children who had had vaccine injuries. And I don't know if we're going to get into all that in this yeah. episode. I don't know. It's a little controversial. Yeah. But because because of that, they were both, um, they had, that kind of set them on the crunchy living um, journey. Mm-hmm. And so they were very good about talking to me about just choosing how I chose like healthcare for my daughter and mm-hmm. also different foods because they were kind of doing like some detoxes for their kids. So that was two friends that when I was pregnant and when my daughter was a newborn. And then when my daughter was 13 months old, we moved across the country and we moved to a new place and I reconnected with an acquaintance from childhood. We we met in church and we had daughters who were born a day apart and oh, wow. she was really into crunchy living, like even more so than my friends. And so she was into like all kinds of natural health and wellness, eating whole foods, and really a lot into natural birth, natural Mm -hmm. childbirth was something that I had wanted, but didn't really know how to achieve or prepare myself for when I had my first one. So I didn't have a natural childbirth. And so I really feel like God put those three people into my life at just the right time. Yeah, I think that mine was probably pretty similar in a lot of ways. I was, when I was younger, like we, we ate normal foods and all that kind of stuff. But I will say that my mom did try to look for like alternative healthcare things. Like I had mono when I was in junior high and then I had like all these sinus issues and everything and none of the conventional medicine was working. And so she ended up like seeking out a naturopath and those kinds of things to, to try to get me help from a more natural perspective. And so I think that kind of planted seeds for me. And then when I went to college, I went to Missoula, which is like one of those just cities, you know, is very granola or very crunchy, very, you know, like (laughs) when you would walk into one of the classrooms, you'd be like, okay, where are all the people with dreadlocks? Because I they're going to (laughs) smell like, so I don't want to sit next to them, which I know not everyone with dreadlocks does. But at that time at my college, it was like the trend that to have dreadlocks, you like wiped your food in your hair. Like it was at a whole (laughs) different level than what is now like become popular. It was like, you were just not showering (laughs) because you were Mm. being natural. So it was very, that kind of earth loving, whatever. And so even at that time, I felt like I was kind of like, natural chic. Like I wasn't going to go that far, but I would consider (laughs) things. But then it was the same when I had my son. I knew that I, okay, this is so dumb. I had him natural in the hospital, but I, the reason I didn't want an epidural was nothing like valiant or (laughs) admirable. (laughs) I just didn't want to be catheterized. And I was told that if you get an epidural, you have to be catheterized. And I had like this crazy fear of that happening. And so I ended up hiring a doula and I wrote this like crazy, ridiculous birth plan that was like pages and pages long with bullet pointed lists and like all this stuff that I wanted my nurses to go over. And I... It was just a pure miracle that I ended up having him natural because he was posterior. And so he was not coming out well. And I remember looking my doula in the eyes and just being like, 
I, I was thinking in my head, I want the epidural. But the only thing that came out of my mouth was, I can't do this. And she just kept mm-hmm. saying, yes, you can. You have to. And it was just like, oh, fine. And so I ended up getting through it. But then after he was born, when he was probably about six months old, I had been around some people, kind of like you were saying, who had had natural births, but actually like knew what they were doing to have natural births. Like it actually <laughs> taken the right classes and read the right books. And then I was around some people who cloth diapered. Like I never had even seen cloth diapers before at all. Like the mm-hmm. fact that they weren't like pins and all this stuff that they were like, the first ones I saw were fuzzy buns and I was so shocked. And then I started looking into like, oh, well, what kind of chemicals are in regular diapers? Like, why would someone even want a cloth diaper when that's so much harder to do? And, you know, so all of those things started happening till the point when Roman was six months old. I just like went through our house and I threw away all of our conventional cleaners and I like got rid of (laughs) all of our lotions and everything. And I bought eight cloth diapers because that was all that I could afford at the time. And I was like, I'm just going to buy these eight and see if I can make it work. And so for like two months, I would diaper him all day with the eight and then I'd wash them overnight and have him just like in a regular diaper at night. And then I would start over the next day and I figured out I could do it and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And so I think that just kind of got the ball rolling for more and more changes down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I became like a cloth diapering addict. Yes, but that me was- too. <laughs> I wrote, um, I wrote a book on it. I actually, my, my first book is, um, a manual to cloth diapering and it's like 200 pages and people, they're like, what? It's called confessions of a cloth diaper convert because like you, I'd never seen cloth diapers before. And uh, a lot of mine kind of that part of crunchy living stemmed from the fact that we were, it it was really twofold. We were living on a low income at the Mm -hmm. time. So this is when we had a newborn and a two-year-old and that two-year-old, by the way, she didn't potty train until age four. That's a whole different podcast episode. (laughs) So I, I did, I had the two in cloth diapers and we really couldn't, we were struggling to afford diapers. And at the same time I was crunchy and I, somebody at church introduced me to bum genius. So I didn't end up having a whole bum genius stash but I am um, I fell in love with them and so now you know years later I guess what is this now like seven years later I have a, a 10 month old as we're recording this and I am cloth diapering him and we are not struggling financially like we were then but I love cloth diapering so much it's just yeah. like it's exciting for me to even get to do cloth diaper laundry. Like today I was folding <laughs> my diapers cause like it's cloth diaper laundry day. And I'm like, I love this, which yeah. is so funny to so many people. Yeah. Back in the day when I was still doing it, I've been out of it for, I guess a year now, but I, I loved it. I just, I loved, I loved picking out the diapers. I felt like, especially with boys, it was like a way to accessorize them because you yeah. can't really do accessories with boys. So it was like, Oh, well, I've got my cute diapers for them. And <laughs> it was just so fun to like try all the different kinds and see what worked best with your kid. And then eventually, yeah, we ended up struggling financially And I just kept thinking, like, if we weren't cloth diapering, I don't know how we would afford diapers right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I was so grateful that we had them. 
Yeah, totally. And I think that's one thing, you know, there are some aspects of crunchy living that can get really pricey, especially when you're mm-hmm. talking about food and skincare products and cleaning products, but there's ways to really save money. But then there's other aspects of crunchy living. If you don't follow like all the marketing and stuff and you really um, seek to figure out how to do it frugally, where it actually can make your life less expensive. Yeah. And cloth diapering would definitely be one of those. And like even natural birth, mm-hmm. not having yeah. to pay for an epidural and you talking about not wanting to get the catheter, it really cracks me up, Mackenzie, because I tell people, I didn't want the epidural not for some, like it wasn't a, a valiant reason either. Like I was afraid of getting paralyzed because yeah. of moving, like when they put in the needle for the epidural. So, yeah. you know, it's not one of these things where like ladies that do natural birth and are all crunchy. It's like, we're not these superheroes. Sometimes the, it's yeah. our reasons are tied to, to fear, you know? Yeah. Well, and after I finally, like with my second birth, it was so different from my first because I had more educated myself on the pregnancy part of it, like how to make sure my baby was in the right position, which I know doesn't always work, but like to be doing things to try to help that be the case and just doing things to to prepare myself for the labor and to really know how to handle the pain and labor. Like I tell people, if you haven't, like at the very least, if you haven't gotten like a great birthing education, don't, don't bother like even trying to do it naturally because it is so hard. And if you don't have those tools to be able to rely on, like my first labor did feel like suffering because I didn't know how to handle it. But my second labor, when I knew it wasn't like it was comfortable, but when I knew how to deal with it or what exactly my body was doing, I was able to handle it so much better than I had the first time. But then it was like, you know, you have to remind people like, just because I've done this before doesn't mean it's easy. Like, (laughs) this is still rough and I'm looking forward to not doing it again. Oh, yeah, Mackenzie, totally. Like we we had our fourth kid um, almost a year ago by the time this airs and it was actually my toughest birth. And we could do a whole show on our birth stories. But um, yeah, it's you have to really want to be crunchy in whatever area you're being crunchy in. And one thing that I've realized is it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like you can have those first two friends that really introduced me to crunchy living as far as like medicine and food, neither, they both had C-sections with all of Mm -hmm. their babies and they're very crunchy people, but it doesn't have to be, you know, you can be crunchy and not do cloth diapers. You know, there's certain things that you don't have to do and it could be because you just don't want to and that's fine. It's not like a moral issue or maybe you just don't, you can't afford whatever it is, Um, you know, all grass fed meat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think like, especially when I was younger in my earlier days of being crunchy because I had Roman like six days before my 22nd birthday, you know, and so you get really excited about things. And so I think when I was, younger I used to be more like hey I'm cloth diapering everybody should cloth diaper let me tell you why I'm cloth diapering and this is awesome and you should do it too and these are all the reasons that I do it and this is why I had natural births and you should do it too and over the years I think I've come more to this place of like hey yeah these this is what I do this is what we've done if you have questions about it I would love to talk to you about it but I'm not gonna like force this 
down your throat. I think a lot of people, even about birth, because I ended up becoming a doula and everything, but I think a lot of my friends who had had more conventional hospital births and stuff, they would feel uncomfortable talking to me about them. And I think initially, because I did know so much about birth, I probably was more like, oh, why does that go that way? Like, I could have told you that was going to happen or, you know, whatever. But now I'm more of the perspective. It's like, I'm glad you made that work for you. Like, if you feel good about that birthing experience, then that's great. Like, who am I to say anything different. And I think a lot of people also feel like if they did have to have some intervention that I'm like, oh, where I'm like, well, no, that's what the hospital's for. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there, there are reasons for these things. I think that sometimes they can be overused, but that doesn't mean like I'm just against <laughs> like no one should ever have a C-section or like, no, that C-sections save lives. Like I, it's not like you're saying it's not all or nothing. We can be okay mm-hmm. with things being used sometimes we can it's like even towards the end with Eliana my fourth I was having issues with my cloth diapers stinking and we were living out on property and our well water wasn't cooperating with washing and I ended up using some disposable diapers towards the end and I felt so much mommy guilt at first Mm, yeah that's one thing that I was so glad that you wanted to do this episode because I feel like one thing we have in common is that because we've both been in crunchy living so long and we've seen both extremes mm-hmm. that we both have a lot of grace and we're passionate about people not having one more thing to feel guilty about yeah. that you know we are both Christians and Jesus is the most important part of our lives and this isn't a a, um, a sin issue at all yeah. it's a preference and we know how th- wonderful things can be with natural birth and how you know how much fun it is to clot diaper and how it really is good stewards of our body to, you know, eat the best that we can with what we have and and use, you know, different non-toxic products. But I will tell you one thing, when I first started Crunchy Living, you know, I was in my 20s still, I was in my late 20s because my oldest was, uh, I was 27 when she was born. And so that was, um, you know, about 10 years ago, I'm 37 now. And I can remember, you know, probably my early 30s and I was, you know, had two kids. And if I ever was out and one of my babies wasn't in a cloth diaper, it's like, yeah, oh, I'm embarrassed for my friends to see this baby yes. in a disposable diaper. Yep. Or, you know, if, if I was ever, if somebody were in my home and I had out some kind of conventional soap, it's like I had to explain why I was using that. And yeah. so now, you know, I might still say something. Like I, I'm very upfront, especially since I've written a book about cloth diapering, that we yeah. – I would say part-time cloth diaper with my son. He's in cloth diapers like 98% of the time, but because we can't afford disposable diapers, if we are traveling, I don't take the diapers with me. Yeah. I use disposables when traveling and, and I don't feel guilty about that yeah. anymore. But whereas when I first started that crunchy living journey, I did. Mm-hmm. And that's just wrong. And I think, you know, if people are making you feel that way, then that's their issue. It's not yours. Yeah. And you just have to, to realize you don't have to be all or nothing and if you're feeling guilty about something that is not a sin issue like that's guilt that's not conviction yeah. you and know it's pride a lot of the time I think yeah too. it's like I wanted to be able to say I 100% cloth diapered my babies <laughs> you know I yes. had two yeah. who had never had a regular diaper touch their skin you know but then by the time I got to that fourth one it was like dude I'm tired <laughs> like and these diapers stink <laughs> 
so I can't get them to work right. And I even remember yeah. I went over to one of my very best friend's houses and I went to change Eliana and she stopped in her tracks because she's like the total opposite of me. She's done everything very conventionally. And she was like, oh, is she not in a cloth diaper? I was like, I know. I feel so guilty. She was like, you don't have to feel guilty. It's okay. And just having somebody be like, you don't have to live up to these standards that you've created for yourself. Like, it's okay to have grace with yourself on these issues that don't really matter in the long run. Like, it will be okay. And from that point forward, I just had to be like, yeah, it's okay to like, now that I'm on my fourth baby and life is different and if there's a problem with the diapers or whatever just have grace on myself like we don't have to be all worked up about everything Mm -hmm. exactly it's just it's really not worth it you know part of crunchiness is to really be healthier and if you're causing yourself stress over trying to keep up your crunchy appearances then it's really undoing like all that you're trying to do because stress is is so bad for our health so I totally have been there totally yep I think that's really important like especially if people are listening thinking oh I haven't been very crunchy in the past I've wanted to become more crunchy I think that's probably our best advice right like just don't don't kill yourself over it it's not that's not worth it Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah We're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our sponsor, the Phonics Museum by Veritas Press. And I just have to say I'm super excited about this one because I have a three and a five-year-old who are wanting to learn how to read, and this is helping us out tremendously. So the Phonics Museum is basically an app where children learn to read in record speed. Teaching children to read at a young age is, of course, one of the best things parents can do for children's future academic success. But knowing how or where to start can be overwhelming and oftentimes confusing. Believe me, I know. The Phonics Museum takes the stress and guesswork out of teaching children to read by combining fun storytelling with a multi-sensory approach to learning to read. Every child has a unique learning style. At the Phonics Museum, they recognize this and teach with the grain. So whether your child is a hands-on kinesthetic learner or a visual or auditory learner, the Phonics Museum was built for them and includes over 900 games, videos, interactions, and memory songs to fit all learning styles. Children ages 3 to 7 will be transported into a magical interactive museum as they follow William and Wendy through the reading adventure of a lifetime. My girls love getting in there, creating their avatar, and getting to work with the characters. You can try the Phonics Museum today for free by signing up for a two-week free trial. Just download the iOS app and get started. And as a listener of the Cultivating the Lovely show, the Phonics Museum is going to give you the Phonics Museum freebies pack, which includes ebooks and other activities. So be sure to check it out at phonicsmuseum.com bold. You can use it like I do, which helps keep my little ones busy while I'm working with my older kids, plus gives them a head start in reading. Or you can use it exclusively to get your kids on the road to reading. So be sure to check it out, phonicsmuseum.com bold. So do you think that, I mean, you were out of having babies for a little while before you had your son. So did you see like your crunchiness change at all in those years kind of for the different stages of life? Or do you feel like you're just as crunchy as like it doesn't really matter what stage of life you're in? You know, it's funny because, so you were talking about your fourth and how, I don't know what the age difference is in your your third and fourth. Uh, What is the age difference? Um, 
Well, the first, there I have 11, 8, 5, and 2, almost 3. So okay. they're about two and a half to three years apart, all of them. Okay. So I think for me, like the way you're describing your third, your fourth was kind of like my third for me. So right, my yeah. third, when she was first born, we were kind of coming out of the low income period. And so we, we started being able to like afford things like diapers a little bit more. And she, for her, I would say I'd clot diapered my second one and my fourth one a lot more than my third mm -hmm. because life was just crazy. I had four, three kids within four years. And so I think I slacked more with her than I did with my fourth one. My fourth yeah. one, especially with just um, the cloth diapering, like it's just easy because I only have like one kid in, in diapers now. Yeah. My other kids are old enough to help me take care of him. Yeah, totally. So but then there's other things like, you know, I did homemade baby food or baby led weaning with my yeah. other, with my girls and with my son, I'm like, nope, I'm buying the baby food at Aldi and yeah. I buy the organic baby food, but I'm not, you know, slaving away, cooking my carrots down and blending them up. I'm buying yeah. them at Aldi. <laughs> so totally. just to be completely honest with everyone, I will say too, um, you know, I haven't even written my birth story yet for my son and he's almost a year old because it was a super traumatic birth yeah. and it did not result in a C-section, but I'll have to be completely honest over the last 10 months when we're recording this, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've wondered, should I have had a C-section yeah. because of how it went? Because I, I have a um, birth injury that may need to have surgery one day. And so there are times where I'm like, maybe sometimes you do need to just like put away the crunchy card and yeah, do yeah. some things that are more conventional, you know? Yeah. So I would say it ebbs and flows. And I would say, I think that we talked about this in the very first show we were in together. Um, I would not call myself super crunchy, yeah. but compared to most people, yeah, I am. Exactly. And I, you know, we have kombucha on tap at our house. Yes. My husband actually makes it. I know most people don't even know what kombucha is. It's a probiotic drink for you non-crunchies out there, <laughs> you crunchy curious people. And it um, tastes you know, like vinegar. Just so you yes, get the full it does. It's, it's like fermented, but it's yeah. not alcoholic. Um, yeah. You know, I do cloth diaper. I have cloth diaper. It's for some percentage, all four of my kids. Yeah. You know, I had three out of four of my babies were natural and I consumed my placenta with two of them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I did with three. I... Not in. Okay. I, this, I feel like we need to pause and clarify. I okay. wasn't like, I didn't cook it up for dinner and eat yeah. it like a steak. <laughs> like it was I... dehydrated and put in capsule form and it helps you regulate your hormones. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I did. So I, a friend actually encapsulated mine. And so you take them like pills. And so I did that with number three and number four, because I did have postpartum mm -hmm. with my second one. And it really helped to not have postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I use cloth pads yes. when I'm on my period <laughs> and I wash with diapers and so um, which, okay, pause. This is another thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have to hit on. Have you tried thanks? No, and I want to. Have you? I have. They're awesome. And what do you think? I think they're awesome. Really? I think they're better for not like your heaviest day, but okay. I'm digging them. I want more. I only have one pair. Okay. Yeah. We'll have okay. to do a whole episode on things. We'll have to get some and we'll yeah. discuss. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I know this isn't the Cultivating the Crunchy show, yeah. <laughs> but if your people want to know, you know, if you ladies are out there and you're listening and you're like, wait, wait, hold up. 
wait, I want to know more about that. Maybe you should let Mackenzie know and maybe we can dive a little deeper yes. into some of these crunchy areas. Yes, that would be I, fun. I think, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, I am pretty crunchy, but crunchiness does not define my life and it yeah. doesn't define me. Absolutely. And, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are crunchy, but I also have a lot of friends who are not. And yeah. one thing I hate is that when people discover that I'm crunchy, I've had people come up to me before and say, we would love to have you over for dinner, but we don't eat organic food. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I, that hurts me because we don't eat 100% organic either because it's super expensive. Yeah. And we do the best we can with what we have. And people are so much more important than things like crunchiness, yes. you know? Absolutely. And, and so I think that would be one thing I would want your, your listeners to, to realize that if you're interested in yes. crunchy living, then by all means, like we would love to like in the Facebook group or wherever, like help you learn how to be crunchy, but it, it can never be the end all be all of your life. And it's yeah. not where your identity should ever be found. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not at the expense of relationships and all that kind of thing. Absolutely. And I think exactly. for me, I've seen my crunchiness kind of ebb and flow, not so much that I'm not as crunchy as I used to be, or but I think that especially in those baby years, there are so many things to be crunchy about. There's mm-hmm. the diapers, there's making decisions on vaccines, there's, you know, all the birth stuff, there's how are you going to feed them? Are you going to make it yourself? Are you going to buy organic? Like, there's so many of those things I feel like to be consuming yourself with. And they're things that take up a lot of time on a daily basis. If you are making the food or if you're doing the cloth diapers or whatever, you feel so like inundated with it. Where now that I've got like a toddler coming up on preschooler, I don't feel Mm -hmm. like I think as much about like our crunchiness, even though we still, you know, clean with natural cleaners and use essential oils and that kind of thing. It just has a different feel to it than when you're in those full on baby stages. I totally agree with you on that, Mackenzie. I would say because now, so I was out of the baby stage for four and a half years, you know, like almost five years. So I was in it constantly for like six and a half years. I went six and a half years with breastfeeding or pregnant with no break and, you know, doing one or the other, because also part of my crunchiness is that I breastfeed for a long time, (laughs) you know, my my third self weaned at two and a half, which is pretty long for most people. And then all of a sudden I'm back into it after having that break. And I will say it is different this time around. I'm doing more crunchy things again that I, that, that is more obvious, more visible, like the cloth diapering, like yeah. you said, you know, preparing for that natural birth, breastfeeding and all that. Yeah. But I do notice a difference in myself and how I feel and the decisions I make with as in regards to crunchy lifestyle from when I did it years before. And I think a big thing, and I'm an, I'm in a local crunchy group. It's a called, it's for crunchy Christian moms. There's <laughs> first time moms. Yeah. You can almost sense that guilt when they post questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know if I should take my kid to the doctor because the doctor might tell me to do Benadryl and I'll just say, give the kid Benadryl. Yes. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, you know, and there's, and yes, totally. About that. And there's and times when I just justified thinking, you know what? Nobody can feel better if they're not sleeping. And I yes. can't even take care of people if I'm not sleeping. So Benadryl isn't as bad <laughs> as it could be. <laughs> yeah. And so 
it's one of those things where that guilt that we talked about and that legalism, yeah. that it can be so apparent and, and crunchy living, which is interesting because it can be in crunchy living and Christian living, yes. you know, oh, and then we absolutely. put a crunchy Christian in there. It's like, <laughs> whoa, that legalism can really creep in. It's not there so much anymore. So yeah. it's being that crunchy mom to an infant at 37 after being crunchy yeah. for like 10 years is so different than being that first time crunchy mom when I was 27. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as much as when we're first time moms, we hate to hear moms who have more kids be like, oh, you're a first time mom. Like once you <laughs> have more kids, you're like, oh, but that really was true. <laughs> like, right. so I know there's probably a lot of you first time moms out there like, hey, we're, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you want to get on your soapbox. And I get that because that was yes. so me, but you, if you have another kid, you, you'll realize like you just, you don't have enough bandwidth to make everything that important. Like a right. lot of it, you're just trying to survive. Cause I mean, I, I didn't have my kids as close together as you did, but last spring I counted up and out of 12 years, I had only not been pregnant or breastfeeding for a combined total of eight months. And it was just wow. like, oh, this has been a really long process. Wow. And you got to give yourself long. grace in that. Like you just, yeah, yeah it's just a, a matter of life, I think. And I would tell the first time moms out there that, um, you know, do the best you can. And if there's one thing that I think just listening to both of us would change is that we would have given ourselves more grace yes. during those early baby days and early crunchy days. Yeah. Yeah. Everything isn't life or death. There can be, there can be that, that flexibility that I think I just didn't allow myself. Mm -hmm. So if people Absolutely. are, yeah, if people are wanting to get started being crunchy, like maybe they're just finding out what crunchiness is or they've seen friends who've done more crunchy things. Like, what do you think is a good starting place for people? You know, I think a really good place, this is where I started, is your food. Yeah. Is really, you know, like just choosing to eat more whole foods than processed foods, mm -hmm. choosing to cook from scratch. I mean, it sounds, it sounds really big, but it's where I started. And I would say just choose one area at yes. a time. Yeah. Because I think, I don't know if this is a problem for you, but as an ENFP, that can be really hard for me. Because it when really can. I see like, oh, there's this whole crunchy lifestyle. Well, I want it to be my whole lifestyle. So I want to do all the things. But you yes. really can overwhelm yourself really quickly. You really can. And I would say, Mackenzie, with it being the new year that this episode is going live, I would say this is a really good season, a good time mm -hmm. to say, okay, I want to live a more natural lifestyle. I'm going to choose like one area per month to focus on. Yeah. And so maybe this month I'm going to focus on, let me just do one switch at a time, you yeah. know, instead of buying pre-breaded chicken nuggets and that's what we eat all the time like I'm just going to buy chicken and make my own you know yeah. like or I'm gonna make a switch to my skincare this month you know I'm yeah. going to start making my own deodorant or buying a crunchy version of deodorant that doesn't have aluminum in it just yeah. making one small switch at a time because you're right you will burn out like I have yeah. totally been in burnout and it's so funny because adrenal fatigue I don't know if you've ever dealt with that but I have yes. and <laughs> I have. um I have, oh, there, 
there's another episode for us, Mackenzie, because yeah, my naturopath told me the other day, um, you think you're good, but you're in stage two adrenal fatigue, which I thought was good because before I've been like stage five or something. Yeah. So I was like, I thought I was good. She's like, nope, you're heading downward again. We need to work on this. But when you have young kids and you are trying to do the best you can, it's so easy for, for we moms to become burnt out. Mm-hmm. And I would say this is one of those areas where you got to take it slowly because getting stressed out, it's going to do nothing. So I would say, you know, something simple, switching what you eat, but maybe even simpler, like this month, switch your deodorant out. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. Do a different deodorant. I've got a recipe on my blog that you can link to where people can make their own. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Well, and I think kind of like you're saying, like for you, it was the food. That was a great place to start. I think it's almost like whatever rings most true to people, like that they're most drawn to. Because if you start researching all the things, you're going to start feeling like you need to do all the things. Like if you just think like, oh, well, she mentioned makeup. Like, okay, I want to, I want to look into doing some more natural makeup, like finding natural makeup resources. Like just, Mm -hmm. just do that until you've got that figured out. (laughs) Like don't even feel like you have to get it done this month. Just, just find something that to you draws you in the most. You maybe want to read about a little bit more or watch some YouTube videos about and find some things that really are going to work for you. I think that if you try to be excited about what other people are excited about, that's a good way to burn yourself out too. Like you have Mm -hmm. to find the thing that really clicks for you that you want to make changes. And then maybe that will lead to other changes also, but let it start with that one thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And we just so happen to be doing makeup. (laughs) If you are interested in a couple months on Patreon, one of the months we're going to be doing all about self-care with like putting yourself together, having like a decent makeup face in the morning as a mom, like feeling good about yourself. And I'm going to be talking a lot about natural makeup resources that month. So if you're interested in that, be sure to be checking out Patreon. Okay. So Erin, I think that's, we've given some some decent advice to people on how to get <laughs> crunchy this year or at least to get started with it. So would you like to tell us for right now, very beginning of 2018, how you are currently cultivating loveliness in your life? So one thing I like to do at night before bed, after the kids are in bed, I like to either have a drink of natural calm Oh. It's a crunchy drink, so it goes so well with our episode today. Yes, it does. <laughs> and so it's like a magnesium drink, and um, they have different flavors. You can get it on Amazon. You can link to it in the show notes. And so it helps to balance out your magnesium levels, but also helps you to get a good night's rest. Mm. And so I like I started drinking it when I was pregnant, and it helped me not have restless leg during my pregnancies but it just is really good to just have some stress relief um right before bed so I try to do that and I do that either that or have a cup of chamomile tea or I'll have both (laughs) right before bed yeah and that just really helps me to calm down and have a good night's sleep I love that I need to check into that that sounds like a really good (laughs) drink that I could really (laughs) use right now I think for me it kind of goes along with that, but I'm trying to be better about establishing like a 
an evening and a morning routine for myself. Like there are those things that I always do. Like I always wash my face. I always brush my teeth. I always, you know, whatever. But I want to try to have more of those rituals to like actually make myself feel like I'm calming down for the day and like I'm getting on top of my day before it hits me and not just like turning to social media first thing in the morning or email or you know whatever to see what notifications I have like I've tried to do this in the past but you know things ebb and flow and change and get crazy and sometimes you just have to kind of reassess and that's one of the things going into 2018 I just want to be able to have that for myself especially like with our crazy like living situation as far as like being with my kids in the same room and like I really have to try to find those ways to take care of myself I think this is something that's very simple that I can do to just be like okay this I can count on doing for myself every day so yeah that's kind of what I'm working on I think that is a great idea. And, and I'm better at the evening than the morning. Yeah. Like I, oh, you I'm do. really bad right now. Hopefully by the time this episode airs, I won't be quite so bad. But um, yeah, the the evening routine, like the natural calm or the chamomile might be really good for you to yeah. try. It's so good for me. Well, sometimes I will do, like I love this one vanilla chamomile tea that I have. It's like a sleepy time tea. But I just don't always do it. Like, I just need to make it into a thing (laughs) that I just Mm -hmm. do, you know, and can count on for myself every night. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. And it's been so good. So now I got to try to do the morning thing. (laughs) Yes. Get into our routines. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me about all the crunchy things. It was so much fun to hear more of your crunchy journey. Well, it was so great to talk, Mackenzie, and I hope that um, your listeners will be encouraged and maybe we can like continue the crunchy conversation in the Facebook group. Yeah, I think that that would be a lot of fun. If you haven't gotten into the Facebook group yet, the link will be in the show notes. Plus, you can just go and search for Cultivating the Lovely Prayer and News Group and we will get you in there. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of encouragement and prayer that goes on so be sure to check it out okay i'll talk to you soon erin talk to you later Mackenzie. bye erin and i hope you really enjoyed that episode and we would love to chat with you about it so if you have any questions or things that you just want to talk about please head over to the cultivating the lovely facebook group and we would love to strike up a conversation with you about it and see what some of the other ladies in the community had to say as well I also love connecting with you guys on Instagram, and Instagram is one of my big 2018 focuses and goals for cultivating the lovely. You can find me at Bold Turquoise, and I try to Insta story, and I'm trying to get up my Instagram game a little bit more so that I can interact with you guys on more of a daily basis, just in the flow of life. Also, don't forget to head over to our Patreon account if you want to get involved there. There's so much fun new stuff. And of course, as always, we deeply appreciate whenever you rate and review the podcast in iTunes. If you haven't done that yet, it's super simple to just hop over there and type in a few words and give us a rating so that other people can get the podcast too and find it. iTunes doesn't really pay much attention to you unless people are interacting with the podcast within iTunes. So if you could do that, we would be so so deeply grateful. All right, ladies, until next week, because we're a weekly show now, I will be back with Cindy Rollins. It's going to be a really fun episode, but until then, go be bold and gracious.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.